Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of All Fighters Follow Me, a series by and for players of Final Fan Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars Armada. I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. We've been playing Armada since around 2016, uh, both casually and in local tournaments. In this series, we will share our experiences, our favorite ships and upgrades, and discuss strategies and Armada news. Today we're talking about our most commonly played commanders, ships, and squadrons, in the future, we'll be having guests on to talk about their own specialties. So, Faith, do you want to start with yours? Yes. So, I primarily play Rebels. And my probably most commonly used commander is General Dodonna. General Dodonna is before an enemy ship is dealt a face-up damage card. Look at the top four cards of the damage deck. Place one on top of the deck and discard the others. So De General Dodonna comes in the core set, and he's only about and he's only twenty points. S and he is super easy to use and to build around. I like to play around a lot with what I put in my lists. I like to mix and match. I'm rarely ever playing the same list more than three times. So I find that Dodonna is really easy to fit into just about any list. He is the little black dress of admirals. <laughs> I suppose that's one way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, so he's really great with builds where you're looking for crits. I mean, you can use him in any list, but if you really want to build specifically for him, you go fishing for crits. And what is a way that you would do that? Well, definitely, I like to use a... C90 Corvette A with turbo laser reroute circuits, commonly known as the TRC90. Mm -hmm. So the TRC, turbo laser reroute circuits, is while attacking, you may spend one evade defense token to change one red die to a face with a crit icon or two hit icons. It's seven points, but really with a Corvette, it's almost all you need. Maybe you could throw a few other fun things on there, but really just a few CR90s with Corp or CR90s with TRCs. You get them in there, you shoot off a bunch of damage, and you get out. Right, and but also remembering that they did um, errata turbo laser reroute circuits so that you do have to exhaust it when you attack. That is true. That is... You can only get it off so many times, but... Right. Potentially in a game you could get it off six times with an individual CR90, but your opponent really has to be com coming in for that. Definitely. And what about the CR90 makes it really effective with those uh, TRCs? Well, it's got two evades. So... You pretty much always have the option to use one and still have one to use as a defense token, or in two attacks you can use both. You can use it on both. Right. Are there any other things you like to use with Donana specifically? Bombers. Do, do rebels have a lot of those? Oh yeah. Okay. You should know this, Ted. I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so X-Wings, definitely. Luke, because Luke goes right past shield damage, straight to hull, and a crit. 
Luke ignores the shields and goes straight to the hall. So if you can get a crit with Luke, that automatically goes onto the hall. And that can be the first damage you deal with him. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, if you create a nice bomber list where you can get those hits onto the ships, it's definitely good. Also, another card that works very well with a Dodana is APTs. What are those again? Advanced Proton Torpedoes. And that one, when you roll a black crit, you can use that to deal an automatic face-up damage. So with that, then you get to, with Dodana, and the main reason, of course, that we want these crits is because Dodana lets you pick the crit. So you have a chance to get a structural damage, you can deal two damage to the ship, or you can pick something that you know will definitely weaken their ship or weaken their strategy. Like a comms noise crit on a carrier and you can get them oh, on yeah. your squadrons. Mm -hmm. It really lets you use their damage deck to your advantage. Which is never something you want to be on the receiving end. I know every time that I take a crit from a Dodona player and they say, give me four cards off of your damage deck, I just pause for a moment and sigh because I know something way worse is that, than I could have gotten is probably going to happen. Yep. It's always the exact card you don't want that gets pulled when Dodonna happens. What are the, so you mentioned that you like crying Corvettes for Triple A's or reroute circuits. What else is good about them that you like to put them in lists? I like that they're very maneuverable. I like you can get them up to speed four and usually get a good amount of yaw with them too. They also work pretty well with, I kind of like them in an Akbar list too. Adding a little bit of extra red dye out the side so you can quickly kind of get in, get into the side of a ship, release damage, and get out. Well, and with that maneuverability chart, they can potentially get around behind and keep circling the target. Which is also really great if you're doing an objective like superior positions where you get extra damage or sorry, where you get extra victory points for shooting at the rear arc of the ship. Yeah, I would agree. Mm -hmm. Now with Dodona, when it comes to objectives, kind of the biggest objective that's great for Dodona is Precision Strike. Where you get... You get to choose the crit. Yep, you get to choose the crit and... So an ideal objective to use Dodona with is Precision Strike. The setup, after deploying fleets, each of the second player's ships gains a Concentrate Fire token. Special rule, when a squadron with bomber or a ship is attacking, it may spend one die with a hit icon to flip one random face-down damage card on the defender face-up. After a squadron with bomber or a ship an attack, its owner gains one victory token for each damage card that was dealt face up or flipped face up during that attack. Things with Dodona is that if you have a list built for Dodona, you're going to be crit fishing in the first place. So you'll probably have a list that is geared around getting those crits and therefore getting that extra victory points, points. As, well, as well as taking the just the raw damage you're putting out. Exactly. However, 
haven't actually played Precision Strike. Because if I put it in my objectives and they see that I have Dodana, no one's picking it. Yeah, that's a little... One day. That is a little bit of the weakness of uh, getting your objectives taken. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything you wanted to say about X-Wings? They're a very just sturdy, good basic ship. I usually fly maybe four X-Wings along with my ships if I just want a basic squadron armament rather than a fully squadron-oriented list. I like that with Escort, they get in the way of the other player's squadrons. Speed 3 is decent. They're not as super crazy speedy like the A-Wings, but, you know, they get where they need to go. And, of course, just bombers, so if they don't have any squadrons at all, which I've been noticing. Not a lot of people have been playing very squadron-heavy lists lately. Not around us, Not around least. us. So usually, even if they don't... If, and then if they don't have any squadrons, then they can just go right in and start dealing damage to ships. And with five hull, they can take a good number of hits, and with four blue dice anti-squadron, they can really dish them back. Oh yeah, they're not made of paper, like... Some of the squadrons are. That I'm going to be talking about later. Oh, maybe. yeah. You're cool. Yeah. All your little buddies. And what do X-Wings come in at? 13 points each. So pretty... Something you can really put a lot of in a list if you want to. Mm-hmm. But, they, but if four of them doesn't take up a, a ton of uh, list real estate. No. Luke is probably by far the best X-Wing ace, and he comes in at 20 points. But him getting to deal damage straight to the hull with ignoring shields is totally worth it. Right, and he also has a black dice bomber Uh, uh, anti-ship battery as opposed to the red dice mm -hmm. that most X-Wings have, so that's a lot more efficient. Definitely. And two braces, so he'll, he'll live. He'll live a little bit longer. Those are kind of some of my basic... Favorite ships, or favorite ship card, squadron. Go-to commander. My go-to commander. It's not It's not like you don't play other rebel commanders, but Dodonna's... I find when I'm building a rebel list, Dodonna is very easy to reach for. Oh, yeah. Because he's so inexpensive, and he works with so much. Definitely. I do enjoy playing <laughs> Akbar, but he is one of the more expensive... You really have to kind of focus on building for him, but we can talk about him another time, I think. We could. So, So, Ted, you mainly play Imperials. I do, and in in our meta we have a lot of Imperial players, but I've been noticing we've been getting some more Rebel players recently. We've got a a lot of new new faces in the area. Um, But for Imperial Commanders, I'm a big fan of maneuverability, so my main commander that I run is Moff Jairdrod. Moff Jairdrod's wording is, during a friendly ship's determined course step, it may suffer one damage to change the first yaw value of its current speed to two until the end of its activation. He's 23 points, so like Dodonna, he's pretty inexpensive and really lets me fill out the rest of the list. But ultimately, Imperials are just generally a little less maneuverable than the Rebel ships are, and I think Dodonna... 
think Jerdrod really bridges that gap for me. Um, he does have to take damage, and I don't love abilities where I have to damage my own ship. Um, even if it's just a shield damage when you're taking damage and you can take it on any hull zone, sometimes that shield damage is the difference between surviving a bombing run by a couple squadrons or not. Um, Jerry! Jerry! <laughs> yeah, I do like to chant that when I'm using them. Um, also, when, remember when it says that first yaw, that's the lowest one on your chart. So if I'm looking at a ISD going speed 3, it has that dash on its bottom speed value. That's the one that gets turned to 2. And, and ISD with any kind of maneuverability is just terrifying. It's pretty good. <laughs> but personally, though I run a lot of ISDs, my favorite ship to run is actually the Raider Corvette. Um, like, like the CR-90 that you were talking about, it's very fast, it's reasonably maneuverable, doesn't have the double-click at its top speed for 3 and 4 the way the CR-90 does, so it loses a little bit of flexibility there. But with Jerdrod, I can, and a Navigate command, I can get up to 6 nav-clicks, which is nearly a 180-degree turn. Um, and it can really get into some crazy places and get in and out. So what kind of cards do you usually like to put on the Raider? Well, I need to have dice consistency, so I always put Ordnance Experts on my Raiders. And what those do for you is they allow you uh, to, while you attack, you may reroll any number of your black dice. The Raider... I usually run, run a Raider 1, um, which has two black dice and two blue dice in the front arc, a black and a blue out the sides, um, but also has double black anti-squadron, which is very powerful, and when you get those Ordnance Expert rerolls, you're almost automatically doing two damage. So it gives me a little hit back against squadrons, but a lot, also a lot of efficiency against ships. Um, since Raiders are... a cheap ship, and they're not super durable, having only four hull, um, a single brace, two evades. At long range, they can take some, sh some shots, but once they get close in, they're very uh, vulnerable to heavy fire. So I like to take external racks, which is only a three-point upgrade that says, while attacking at close range, you may discard this card to add two black dice to your attack pool. What that lets me do is it lets me move in my raider with a, only command one, I can turn that a concentrate fire over, and suddenly I'm using a 50-point ship after it's all its upgrades are counted in to throw five black dice and two blue dice, which can really do a lot of damage at once. It doesn't have any red dice in its armament like the, the CR-90A does, mm -hmm. so I do have to get pretty close and be really cagey about it, but I really enjoy that, um, you can almost say like a cat-and-mouse game of like staying out of the heavy fire arcs and getting into a position where I can really lay that heavy punch. Another thing I, I usually put on my Raiders is a defensive officer, either Admiral Monfrot um, or Captain Brunson Monfrot giving me obstruction when I'm going fast, which I usually do with my Raiders, or Brunson with, who rewards me for being near an obstacle um, by letting me tap to remove dice, which makes a Raider with the two evades and Brunson able to cancel two dice at long range, which makes it really pretty hard to do much damage to. Yeah, you really have to, with that, 
you really can't attack it until it's almost too late. That's the hope. Um, there are certainly some situations where you're taking enough red dice, or if you get into medium range, you're in a lot of trouble. But with the Raider's maneuverability and with using Brunson a lot, I actually like to use the objective Dangerous Territory with them, which is a blue objective that says setup obstacles must be placed in the setup area beyond distance 5 of both players' edges. After placing obstacles, place one objective token on each obstacle. So, for starters, all the obstacles are a little more in the center of the board, which means they're going to be a little more compacted and potentially have um, be more in the way of where your opponents are going to be, obstructing shots and potentially damaging them. But the special rule is really what kicks it up. When a ship overlaps an obstacle, the ship's owner may remove the objective token on that obstacle to gain vic one victory token. Each is worth 15. But when an, one of the second player ships overlaps an asteroid field or debris field, that obstacle has no effect. So that means my raiders can jump onto the middle of an asteroid, not take any damage, but I can get those um, that asteroid underneath me to obstruct shots against me, giving my raider a little bit extra protection. Some of the other ships I like to run with Jerjerod are the Architens Light Cruiser, if I want a little longer-range firepower. He doesn't do a lot for squadrons, so when I'm running a Jerjerod list, I usually just reach for the cheapest thing to get in the way, and the Imperials have what I think is the pinnacle of cheap, effective squadron screen in the basic TIE Fighter squadron. Uh, it's 8 points, it's speed 4, it gets where you want to go, it has 3 blue anti-squad dice. Um, and with Swarm, if you get a couple of them in there, they can really start doing 2 or 3 damage a shot, which tears up other squads pretty quickly. The 1 blue anti-ship battery is low, but for so cheap, if I get a couple in there with a, a squadron command, I can... Put, start putting on some actual damage. It's a it's a coin flip, right? It's yeah. a 50-50. I'm not counting on it, but if it hits, it's really nice to get that bonus damage. If it misses, it's probably only because they don't have any squads left, and after a shot or two, I can pull those TIE Fighters out so they don't get take too many flak shots from the ships and die. So usually how many... <laughs> so usually how many TIE Fighters do you like to have at least? I consider a minimum number of, of TIE Fighters to be four, but I also like to usually have an, a unique squadron or two in that with there. If I'm not running any uniques, I'd probably push it to six or maybe even eight TIE Fighters. What would you say are your go-to uniques? My personal favorite uniques, um, and this is one I run with my uh, Jerdrod fleet that I've been running in, in tournaments recently, I run Sienna Ree, who's a TIE Interceptor. Yeah, I know you don't like her at all. She's my nemesis. She is. Anytime I play her, she always gives me trouble. And I can never kill her. Yeah, that's why she's good. Um, she always counts as obstructed when being attacked. Not when engaging, so she can't just fly out of any engagement. Um, she's a TIE Interceptor, so she's got the four blue dice. She has counter two. She has Swarm, she's Speed 5, she costs as much as, over twice as much as a TIE Fighter, but I think the flexibility of her speed, the damage output, and also her defensive ability for being in a screen is really important. 
The other squadron I like to run a lot is the unique TIE Bomber Squadron, Gamma. Gamma Squadron is different than every other TIE Bomber in that it does not have heavy, so it can actually block enemy squads from moving. And for only 10 points and 5 hull value, even if it's not good at fighting other squadrons, it's great at getting in the way. It really takes some good, mm -hmm. a good couple of shots to get rid of it. And if, again, if they don't have squads, or if they have few squads, it's speed 4. The squadron has grit, which means if there's only one enemy squadron in the way, it can leave. Which not only gives me the opportunity to move or bo and bomb ships and finish off the last couple, and potentially finish off a ship, but also means if they have only one squadron they're trying to tie up my squadron ball with and other squadrons trying to attack my ships, I can move Gamma Squadron to block. Um, I find that I, I can use four TIE Fighters, Sienna, and Gamma very efficiently, along with a handful of combat ships, and usually I only run one Gazanti uh, flotilla to push those squadrons with commands. And then, like finally, with the, with the Raider again, going back a little bit, it pairs really well with the, that black flak dice just to have a couple squadrons to keep enemy squadrons from blowing me up, but then being able to lay out that heavy anti-squad firepower. Oh, yeah. Two black dice against any squadron is going to hurt. Unless it's a scatter, in which case, then you're making them use your scatter against your flak, and when your squadrons come in, they're in trouble. Sure. You had a couple of unique squadrons that you like to use. I know you like you were talking about Luke, but don't you have any others that you enjoy? Oh, Janors. Janors. Yeah, she's always not fun to see. Oh yeah, she's always the first one that my opponents are gonna go after. So Jan Ors flying the Moldy Crow, ace pilot for the Hawk two ninety. She has, while a friendly squadron at distance 1 to 2 is defending, it can spend your defense tokens. So pretty much any nearby ship can use her brace. She has counter 2, and she has intel, so that while an enemy squadron is at distance 1 of you, it has heavy. Which means it can't block you from moving, but also can't block you from attacking your ships. Oh yeah. And... With the kind of lists I was talking about earlier with heavy bombers, she's kind of necessary to, if they have other squadrons, to free up your bombers so that they can go and deal damage to, damage to the ships. Yeah, I have a real time struggling when I'm using less than, say, four squadrons, because then I can't get enough out there to block those intel. Even if sometimes when having my six squadrons, if someone brings that intel ability... I suddenly have a bunch of X-Wings or B-Wings blowing up my Raiders, and I don't really love that. But also, if I'm building a say, Can we actually talk about this now? Can they actually, like, release the cards? slippery. His special ability is you are not prevented from moving or attacking ships while you are engaged. So he really doesn't care if he's engaged. He will just jump wherever he wants and at speed five 
a lot of squadrons are going to have a hard time keeping up with him. Right. Well, as an A-wing ace, he also has a scatter and a brace on top of four hull, which makes him reasonably durable. It's pretty. It takes a couple good shots to take him out. Definitely. And Shara Bay, Shara the Bay, while performing a counterattack, each critical icon adds one damage to the damage total. So she's also very good against other squadrons. She's also got counter three. As opposed to the normal two, which you see on most squadrons. Mm -hmm. So anytime she's attacked, she's definitely punching right back. Yeah, I I often just get don't even bother attacking Shara because she's, a lot of the times, going to scatter the shot and then do two or even three damage back to me. Mm-hmm. There's not a bad... with If I'm attacking with one of my aces, there's not a bad die for her to roll there. She's probably going to do damage. She might even have an accuracy. It's just a losing... Um, losing scenario for me. Mm-hmm. All right, so that wraps up our um, Helms section for today. Um, in... The Holonet News, there were Armada Worlds took place at the Adepticon tournament in Chicago um, recently, and they had a lot to jump in on here. First off, one thing I was really excited is, for the first time ever, there's actually an Imperial winner at Worlds, um, Dennis, who was running a pretty interesting small and medium ship Sloan Squadron list. And I know you didn't watch a lot of that game. I got snippets. But you got snippets. Um, against Nathan Coda's also small ships with squadrons uh, General Riken fleet. But more importantly, they also announced a new campaign expansion! Rebellion in the Rim which is a 200-point, two-to-six-player campaign in the Outer Rim Territories where players will build their own commander. Not only that, but we're also getting a pile of new upgrades, new objectives, and some new unique squadrons for both factions. So far, it looks like what I've seen is rogues and villains uniques. They have Lando Calrissian. They have a new IG-88, um, IG-88B. Personally, though, as a Raider enthusiast, I'm most excited for Aiden Versio, who is a new Imperial officer that lets me use my Evade tokens to cancel dice at close range, which, with two of those, really lets me take some of the, the hurt away. Oh, yeah. That is not going to be fun. But you know what? I'm actually kind of excited to be playing Lando. Yeah, his ability seems pretty strong as well. So, Lando Calrissian, this is going to be a really fun squadron to play. His special ability is that while attacking, you may discard a defense token to set one die to any face. That die cannot be modified again. And while defending, you may spend one of your defense tokens to force the attacker to re-roll one or more dice of your choice. And what defense tokens is he working on that he's spending or discarding? He's got two braces. But he's also in the Millennium Falcon, which is seven hull. Seven hull. And he's got grit and rogue. And a crazy amount of dice. Anti-squadron is one red, two blue, one black. 
anti-ship is one blue and one red. So with that die setting, you can, if you need to really do some damage, you can turn that red into a double, mm -hmm. and no matter what you're shooting is in for some pain. Yep. Looks like he has some other uh, special abilities on his card, too. How many points does he come in at? He's coming in at 23 points. And it looks like he's even still speed 3, since he is in the Millennium Falcon, not just the generic speed 2 YT-23. YT-1300? YT-1300s. That's the other frisbee-looking one, but with the fork on the front, right? Don't look at me like that. Ah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, oh. And then for the the upgrade item verso, just to get the the wording, when you resolve the evade defense effect, you can cancel one die at close range or distance one. Um, and distance one is within close range, but I think they just wanted to specify squadrons. She also has a, a special ability if you spend a squadron command, and that can be a token or a dial. You may discard this card to choose one enemy ship at close range. That ship gains one raid token of your choice. She's six points uh, unique, so I can only have one raider with her. Um, but she is, from what it looks like, really effective. Being able to cancel two close range shots, so that raider can suddenly take two more like black bomber dice and not, just not care. Um, which has been a lot of my problems when running the Raiders, you know, getting shot by B-Wings or Y-Wings or TIE Bombers. They get that hit crit, and you only have the brace. Suddenly you're taking those in the hull real fast, and your ship is gone. But being able to just cancel dice, um, I mean, you've used Admonition a decent amount, and being able to just get rid of dice is very powerful. Oh, definitely. Um, they also have a whole bunch of new... Um, Object, those are called objectives. Objectives that we're, we're looking at. Um, I know as a Interdictor player, I'm really excited for Doomed Station. Um, though Infested Fields looks like it could be interesting as well. I can't really, we can't really read the rest of Asteroid Tactics are marked for destruction, but I'm sure those will be interesting. There's a lot of words in all of these, so I'm really thinking we're going to get a whole pile of new intricate, um, objectives. You know, we some of the early objectives that came in the core set, they only filled up like a half or two-thirds of the space. These ones go full bottom the top, and I think the text is even smaller. So these are going to be a lot of reading before you really can get them going. But we will get space whales. What do they call those again? Hurgles. Okay. Big space whale. Big space whales. I'm just excited to be able to throw my opponents into gravity rifts because graph black holes are kind of fun. So. Well, that's actually really timely because in real life, they actually just took the first picture of a black hole, so I think that's a good chime in as well. I've been really excited about that. That is exciting. Maybe in 20 years we will have our first picture of a space whale. I really hope not. I hope so. <laughs> so that's the end of Holonet News. And that's it for us today here at All Fighters Follow Me. Signing off, I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. And may the Force be with you.